So for the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Sermon on the Level Place. That's because the Sermon from the Gospel of Luke is different from the Sermon from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew says it's the Sermon on the Mount. Luke says that it's the Sermon on the Level Place or Plain. Um, and so today I share a little bit about that. Now, I will admit that for the last few weeks I've been thinking about this and as I always do in praying, in what direction, God, do you want me to go? And I, I had a direction and then Thursday happened. You know, we were so excited and, and we're, we're finally coming out of COVID and, and, and the weather is beautiful and the azaleas are blooming and, and life seems so good. And then Russia invades Ukraine and we really don't know what this situation will mean. It's the first time we've had a war in Europe since World War II. Uh, what will this mean for the Ukrainians? What will this mean for the Russians? What will this mean if Putin decides to go further? What will it mean for, for all of us? Um, but we still turn to scripture. And even though we're still in the third part of the Sermon on the Plain, the word of God is the living word of God which means that God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, through scripture, in all places and all times. And so we still turn to the Sermon on the Plain. And I invite you to hear these words uh, from scripture today. He, Jesus, told them a parable. Can a blind person guide a blind person? Will not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully qualified will be like the teacher. Why do you see the speck in your neighbor's eye, but do not notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your neighbor, friend, let me take the speck out of your, out of your eye when you yourself don't see the log in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your neighbor's eye. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor again does a bad tree bear good fruit. For each tree is known by its own fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from a bramble bush. The good person, out of the good treasure of the heart, produces good. And the evil person out of the evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? I will show you what someone is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. That one is like a man building a house who dug deeply and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood arose, the river burst against that house but could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built his house on, a, on the ground without a foundation. When the river burst against it, immediately it fell 
and great was the ruin of that house. I invite you this morning to take a moment and pray for me in sharing this message with you as I pray for you and for all of us in receiving it. Let's pray. Oh God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So without a doubt, there are probably a dozen sermons that I could preach from this one section of scripture, just lifting out one of these sayings and ignoring all of the rest. I could talk about making sure that we follow a leader who has vision and insight and, and about learning from a teacher who has wise understanding. I could talk about acknowledging our own faults and failures before we go pointing them out in others, about not judging others. I could talk about how we can judge a book by its cover, that how we live our lives does give others a mirror into who we really are. And of course, I could talk about the fact that whenever you start something new, you need to build it on a strong foundation because the storms will come. But as I think about the crux of this passage, and perhaps what we most need to hear today or be reminded of today, it's Jesus saying that it is not just enough to come to him and to hear his words. We must also act on them. Those words, and in fact the revelation of those words, Jesus Christ himself lives in us, and we must also act on them. Each one of these individual statements has this sense of ethical standards that we are called to live up to. Each one of them calls us to raise the bar, to try a little harder, to jump a little higher, to do a little better. And while we may succeed for a while, ultimately, that doesn't address the problem at the source. How many of you have read this book by Parker Palmer? It's called A Hidden Wholeness, The Journey Toward an Undivided Life. Parker Palmer, um, it's, it's a wonderful book, and I encourage you to read it if you haven't already. He points out how many of us live divided lives. Speaking about his own life, he says this, I yearn to be whole, but dividedness often seems to be the easier choice. A still small voice speaks the truth about me, my work, and my world. I hear it, and yet don't act on it. I withhold a personal gift that may serve a good end, or I commit myself to a project that I really don't believe in. I keep silent on an issue that I should address, or actively break faith from one of my own convictions. I deny my inner darkness, give it more power over me, or I project it onto other people, creating enemies where none exist. Palmer calls us to live with integrity and wholeness. Integrity that comes from being who we are. 
and not being who we are not. I think that's what Jesus is talking about when he says, you hypocrite. Hypocrite here has a sense of role-playing or, or putting on a mask. Hypocrites either make a, an outward show of religion but don't have it in their hearts or they don't practice what they say they believe. They don't practice what they preach. They may say they have faith in their hearts but fail to live it out in their lives. Instead, the thread of unity in all of these sayings is Jesus calling us to an integrity of heart and action, of faith and ethics, of who we are and what we do, or as Palmer says, of rejoining the soul and the role, rejoining our soul and the role. Many of these sayings uh, call us to live with an integrity, an integrity. That's what Jesus means when he says, a tree is known by its fruit. Figs are not gathered from thorns, nor are grapes picked from an apple tree. We don't need to focus more on trying harder or jumping higher, but on who we are at our source. Yes, we are imperfect people children of God, but we are loved by God and we are invited to be a new creation. Jesus doesn't call us simply to live by an outward set of rules or live by the law, we might say, but instead calls for a total transformation of who we are from the inside out. Then we will be able to live from the inside out. We've just gone through this period of two years of, of something we never ever could have imagined. Two years of this pandemic. To say nothing of the gut-wrenching um, reckoning with racial injustice and, and the upheaval of, of politics in our system. And we were so looking forward, I was so looking forward to kind of coming out of some of this and experiencing a new spring along with this season. And yet, almost simultaneously as we began to to think about that, we got the news that Russia had invaded Ukraine. And it evokes heartbreak and anxiety and fear in our whole world all over again. And so as the storms come, and they will, and shake our foundations, how do we live with integrity? How do we know what to do and how to live? It comes from our faith as we live from the inside out. There's a story that I've shared a little bit about before. It's the true story of a small town nestled in the mountains of France, uh, Les Chambons sur Lignon. The story of Les Chambons during World War II is told in a documentary called Weapons of the Spirit. And it's by Pierre Sauvage, who was a Jewish boy, sheltered and born and sheltered in that village during the war. As the Holocaust raged and Jews from all over France were rounded up and handed over to the Nazi regime, 
and sent to their death, um, this was happening. Uh, 80,000 Jews in France were killed, including 10,000 children were taken to their death. And curious then about knowing how he came to be in this village and how this village came to save him and others, Savage began to research for a documentary. He attributes the actions of this village to their Christian faith and also to the influence that two pastors had on them encouraging resistance. These pastors told the people of La Chambon that they should not fight against the Germans, nor should they collaborate with the Germans, but they should simply resist. Then on June 22, 1940, France surrendered to the Nazi Germany. The next day was a Sunday and the two pastors uh, shared their message with the congregation, their position with the congregation. Pastor Albert Trockme preached that morning and his manuscript remains to this day. He said, the duty of Christians is to resist the violence that will be brought to bear on our consciences through weapons of the spirit. We will resist through weapons of the spirit. We will resist whenever our adversaries will demand of us obedience contrary to the orders of the gospel. We will do so without fear, but also without pride and without hate. Then, in July of 1942, the Sunday after the actual roundup and deportation of Jews in Paris, Trachme again delivered a sermon to his parishioners and said, the Christian church should drop to its knees and beg pardon of God for its present incapacity and cowardice. And he went on to urge the people to help their neighbors and to become a haven for Jews fleeing from the Nazis and from their French collaborators. And the community did exactly that. As Jews found their, area to, uh, found their way to the area of La Chambon, even though it was a deprived area, the peasants and the villagers took those people in who came there. And so then the people kept coming. And the people of the village kept taking them in. They hid the Jews in their homes sometimes for as long as four years. They created for them fake IDs and ration cards and, and as they could helped them to cross over into Switzerland. They had harbored Jews knowing that if they were discovered they could be imprisoned or even lose their lives. And throughout the remainder of the war they sheltered at least 5,000 Jews who came through that village. This is a village of only 5,000 people. And you know what? They assumed it to be just the natural thing to do, that they would receive and care for those who came seeking refuge. It was the townspeople who said things had to be done, and, and so we just happened to be here to do them. They were people of God helping people of God. They said it was the most natural thing in the world to help these people. 
The story of what happened in that small village of Christians may not have been so natural to others. In fact, this is the only community in France and one of only two in all of Europe that was collectively given um, the Righteous Among the Nations award by Yad Vashem, the Israeli memorial to the Holocaust. One villager, he was interviewed for the documentary and he was asked if his and their Christian faith was a, a crucial component of what was happening in the village. He said, it was indeed. It was indeed. It was not a sentimental faith. It was not something extraordinary. It was a very solid faith that was put to the test and was not found wanting. That's what we're called to do in this passage of scripture, in the Sermon on the Plain, as a whole even. We're called to live an integrated life, to live from the inside out. We're called to live out in our lives what we hold to, what we know, the faith that we carry with us in our hearts. We don't know what tomorrow will hold for us. The people of Le Chambon were, were people of faith and their faith sustained them when the storms come. Their, came. their faith informed how they would live out their lives and they were able to live with courage. They were able to live with sacrifice and, and, and they felt like their faith was so much a part of their everyday lives that of course they would do this. Even when great difficulty and hardship came, of course they would live this way. You know, if these last two years have taught us anything, they have taught us that. And in this unknown future, we may be called to make sacrifices. We may be put to the test. We may have to endure hardship if we're going to love our neighbors and care for others as we love ourselves. But we do know what we hold on to, who we hold on to. We hold on to Christ. And when we focus on what's inside, on what's in the interior of our lives, um, on our interior life with God, then whatever is necessary will just flow out of us. The message paraphrase of, uh, of the Bible and this particular passage, there's one verse that it, it's, it paraphrases this way. Your true being brims over into true word and deed. Who we are brims over in how we live our lives. John Wesley asked the people, is the love of God shed abroad in your hearts? Because who we follow, how we judge, the kind of fruit we bear, the actions we take, the foundation on which we stand, whether we will withstand the storms depends on how it is with our hearts. Does Christ reside in your heart? If so, your actions will naturally flow. Good words and deeds will just brim over because of who you are and because of who you follow and the love of God that lives within you. Let's live from the inside out. Let the love of Christ 
reside in your hearts. Let's pray. Oh God, as we come this morning, it is a beautiful day here. And in so many ways, all seems right with the world. And yet we know it's not. We are heartbroken over the invasion of Ukraine. Our heart breaks for those people. And we don't know what will come next. So, oh God, just help us to live as you would have us live. Fill us with your love. Let Christ reside in us, abide in us. That your love may flow out in all that we say and do. We are such imperfect people, God. And yet, you can work through us as your love brims over in all that we say and do. Strengthen us and sustain us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen.